Thank you once again for joining us on today's segment of Making a Difference Through Mentorship, where we believe you make a difference one life at a time. I want to thank those of you that have contributed financially to uh, these podcasts. I want you to know it's greatly appreciated. For those of you that are joining us for the very first time, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us because we're convinced that making a difference through mentorship where we learn to think more like God thinks, where we learn the principles and precepts of the Father's kiss, validation through affirmation, where we receive the concepts and principles of ethnos leadership, principle-centered, people-centered, where we balance our positions with the people that we lead. These are all attributes and principles and precepts that we share on these podcasts. So thank you uh, for your contributions and thank you for joining us on today's segment. Well, today is New Year's Eve. It has become customary and traditional for many to make New Year's resolutions. A resolution, as you know, is a decision to do or not to do something. Many people make resolutions like losing weight, exercising more, quitting a bad habit, These are all great goals, but we can never forget spiritual resolutions, a determination to do more reading of our scripture, the word of the Lord and prayer and attending church, Bible study, fasting. And resolutions are fine, but what we need is a revelation for the new year. Our hope is not in the new year, but in the one who makes all things new. 2022 is an inanimate part of our lives. We've learned to live our lives based on our calendars, watches, and planners, which is embedded in our understanding of time. What we further understand concerning time, days, minutes, seconds, which is all a part of the new year. According to the official website of Times Square, people are invited back to Times Square to watch the ball drop in person. They'll need proof of full vaccination. Attendees will be required to wear masks. However, our hope is is not in the new year or the dropping of the ball in Times Square symbolizing the beginning of 2022, but our hope is in the one who makes all things new. This is a new year in the will of God for us, and because we're still here, God says in this new year that the synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place is his desire for us. That's the title of today's podcast, The Synergy of Expectancy and Faith Dwelling in the Secret Place, Part 4, which is his desire for us. The word most often used in the New Testament for faith is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. Faith indicates belief, which is synonymous with trust. Faith is a belief that leads to action. The Amplified Version of James 2 and 17 teaches us that faith, if it does not have works, action, to back it up, is by itself dead, inoperative, and infected, and ineffective. Faith also means that although at times the world looks chaotic and uncontrolled, we know deep down on the inside that this chaotic world is not where we truly live. Rather, our lives are guided by God's strength and power. So God says to us in Romans 8 and 14, they that are led by the Spirit, They are the sons of God. That word led in Romans 8 and 14 is ego. So it is either the ego of the spirit where we are led by the spirit of God, or it is the ego of our souls, our temperament, our personality that's embedded in our emotions. So in this new year, we want to be determined to allow the spirit of the Lord 
as noted in Romans 8 and 14, the ego of the Lord and not the ego of our soul to guide us, to strengthen us and empower us in this new year. The world seen through the eyes of faith is a world in which each one of us, along with everything that happens to us, has meaning. The Message Bible version of Jeremiah 29 and 11, God says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. The dictionary defines expectancy as a state of thinking or hoping, a strong belief that something will happen in the future. Jesus said in Matthew 9 and 29, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Jesus was saying you and I shall receive from God in direct proportion to our expectancies, which is synonymous with our faith. The law of faith says without faith, it is impossible to please God. A law is a binding practice, custom of a community, a rule of conduct or action prescribed by one in authority. And when one is not pleasing God, we are breaking his law and we cannot be in a position to receive from God. According to your faith, Jesus said, be it done unto you. Synergy is two or more things working together in order to create something that is bigger or greater than the sum of their individual efforts. Synergy comes from the Greek word synergia, which means joint or combined work and cooperative action. Today's segment of Making a Difference Through Mentorship is part three of dwelling in the secret place, the synergy of expectancy and faith. The synergy of expectancy and faith in the secret place is a matter of how we think and what we believe. Thinking like God thinks is another branch of making a difference through mentorship established in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, where God says to the prophet, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place carries us and enables us to think more like God thinks in this new year. It is not that we don't ever think like God thinks, but when we learn to think more like God thinks, we strengthen our ability with that much more of the mind of God to overcome the challenges, the people, the pain and pressures of life. This means trusting in the process of the synergy the combined cooperation and action of expectancy and faith, learning to think more like God thinks. It is important to know that there is no expectation without faith. Faith is truth manifested, grounded in trust. Let me say that again. Faith is truth manifesting itself, grounded in trust. We have absolute trust that the process that God used to bring about all of creation will continue tomorrow. When we went to bed last night, most of us fully expected and trusted that we would see the dawn of a new day because of faith. Expectation is faith made manifest. And we did so. We had this expectancy without even thinking about it. We went to bed last night and fully expected and trusted that we would see this day. What we further mean by this is that we expect the world to be there when, you, when we wake up. We have faith that this will happen. Therefore, our expectation, our expectancy is our faith coming into reality. Our reality is manifested by our faith and expectation of which we have been conditioned by what we believe, 
rooted in the way that we think. The enemy is after your thought life, the way that you think, the way that I think. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man or a woman thinks, that's who we really are. David said, I would have fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David did not postpone his expectation, his expectancy in his situation because he did not postpone his faith in God. Proverbs 23 and 18, the Bible says to us, for surely there is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off. God has promised that your expectation shall not be cut off because God says in Proverbs 10 and 24, that the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Faith is a necessary ingredient of salvation. When we are, when we are restored, when we're born again by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, that is being reconciled to God by salvation. But the word salvation also means rescue and to escape. In other words, God, when we got saved, rescued us from this sin-sick, toxic world in which we live. He helped us to escape the snares and the trappings of the enemy. And it is important that we know and share with everybody that we know, without faith, all is lost. So Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is trust. Faith is belief. Faith is confidence. Faith is surrender. Faith is certainty and assurance in God. Faith instructs us to not depend upon what our eyes see, but we rest upon the promises of God, which we are certain of. We do not walk by sight, but by faith. When what our eyes see do not line up or does not line up or match up with the word of God, God says, my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. When what our natural eyes see appears to be in contradiction to the word of the Lord that he's spoken in and over our lives, we choose by faith to say what God's word said and receive the benefits of our faith. The centurion said unto Jesus, Lord, just speak the word and my servant shall be healed. And because the centurion believed in Jesus, the living word of God, he received the benefit of his faith in the spoken word of God. Hebrews further reminds us he that comes to God must first believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Everything that we receive from God and every act that we perform in his name is to be based upon one fundamental principle, and that's the principle of faith synonymous with expectancy. It is not a question of how big God is. That's not a question at all. The question is, how big is God to you? Just what do you expect out of him? Many times we expect much out of our friends and associates. This is because we have a certain amount of confidence in them, which is the result of knowing them personally. The more intimate the friendship, the greater the confidence we have in them. Dwelling, abiding in the secret place speaks to this intimate friendship with God, confident in his presence. We defined a secret last week as something not revealed, but that which is concealed or understood and known only by a few. God wants to convince us that he, is a, that he is not a man and does not lie. 
His word shall not go out and return unto him void, but it shall accomplish that which he sent it forth to do. God wants us to know that regardless of our preconceived ideas and experiences, he can be trusted through the good, the bad, and the ugly moments of life. We must continue to learn that God says that he who puts his trust in the Lord shall not be put to shame. Believing in the word and promises of God should cause our expectations in him to rise. One historian and researcher said that there are 7,147 promises from God in the Bible, and I believe every one of them. If we really believe God's word, we would talk like it were true and we would live like it were true. We must confess the trustworthiness of God's word and commit ourselves to its integrity. If we will not move in expectancy and faith, we cannot expect the manifestation of his promises. So Isaiah says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings of eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They will walk and they shall not faint. That word wait carries the meaning of expectancy, hope in. So when we expect that God's going to give us a strength, causing us not to faint, that gives us the ability to rise up on eagles' winds, we got an expectation of a manifestation of this promise. The Bible further says in Psalm 16 and 11 in the International Standard Version, you cause me to know the path of life. In your presence is joyful abundance. At your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Knowing the path of life signifies the way that leads to the God kind of life that Jesus spoke of in John 10 and 10. I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. It is possible to be alive and never live the life that God intended for us to live. And simply, in other words, some people are simply existing and not living. But what God says in this promise in John 10 and 10, as he says in Psalm 16 and 11, I've caused you, you caused us to know the path of life, this abundant life. It is acquired wisdom from being in the presence of God himself that leads to this joyful abundance that the psalmist was speaking of and the fullness of life that can only be obtained by abiding, dwelling in his presence in the secret place under the shadow of the Almighty. People may acquire many skills in life, but the Bible focuses on human life and its God-given purpose. And a portion of that purpose is for you and I to dwell with him in the secret place. Therefore, a practical definition of biblical wisdom is skill in living according to God's way of life. Psalm 90 and 12, Moses prays as he says unto the Lord, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Proverbs 1 verses 1 through 7 helps to further clarify wisdom by showing that it consists of such other godly characteristics as knowledge of God himself, the fear or reverence of God, understanding, discernment, discretion, prudence, justice, judgment, equity, all of which when knitted together and applied produce a skill in living that aligns with God's purpose and way of life for you and I. It's not God's will that you or I live a defeated, marginalized, unhappy, and weary life. 
Turn a deaf ear to the old voices and make new choices. David says in the New International Version of Psalm 16 and 6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. The Passion Translation of Psalm 16 and 6 declares, your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privilege that come with following you. In other words, God desires for us to live out of our inheritance and not out of our circumstances. 2020 and 2021 have been difficult years for many people due to the pandemic, COVID-19 and its variants. Businesses have had to close their doors. Many have lost their jobs, struggling to provide for their families, which puts strain on marriages and children in those families. But God has already promised and granted victory, and he has provided weapons for the fight. The Bible reminds us in the Passion Translation of Ephesians 6, beginning at the 12th verse, that we are to stand victorious with the force of his explosive power, flowing in and through you. In other words, you got dynamite in you. Verse 11 says, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will protect it as you fight against the evil strategies of the devil. 12, verse 12, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. It's not with family members. It's not with co-workers. It's not with neighbors. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Verse 13, because of this, you and I, the Bible says, we must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Do you hear what God just said? You are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Whatever challenges you faced in 2020 or 2021, or whatever challenge you are currently facing, God has already taken care of it. He says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. Whatever strategy the devil causes to ring your de- uh, your doorbell or call your cell phone, remind yourself to put on the whole armor of God as you begin your day. No matter how the enemy's strategies come, put on the whole armor of God so that you are protected as you fight the good fight of faith against the strategies of the enemy. And sometimes the enemy is in me. The way that I think about myself or the circumstances or situations that confronts me. In other words, because we put on the whole armor of God, we must recognize that life is not a playground, but life is a battleground. And in the end, child of God, we always win. Dwelling in the secret place is where the all-time undefeated heavyweight champion of the world resides. And as we abide in the secret place under the shadow of the Almighty, his canopy of protection is the land of champions, where as we pursue righteousness and love in accordance with Proverbs 21 and 21, as we pursue righteousness and love, finding life, prosperity, and honor, this is all connected to Psalm 16 and 6. The boundary lines have fallen for you and I in pleasant places, We have a delightful inheritance. 
the Lord's encouragement and exhortation to us today in this podcast is don't live life out of negative circumstances or situations, but rather live from the place of your delightful inheritance, dwelling, hallelujah, in the secret place. Remember that a secret is something not revealed, but that which is concealed or understood and known only by a few. A part of this delightful inheritance is the fact that you and I are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave. The circumstances and situations that have confronted you in your past or you are currently being confronted with may feel like the very essence and nature of hell itself has taken up residence in your home, impacting and influencing your life and your family, your finances, and your freedom. But because Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave, you and I can overcome the death of our dreams and aspirations, the hell of worry and anxiety concerning money and overdue bills, the grave of problems and pressure that try to bury us in fear, doubt, and unbelief. Can you and I overcome death, hell, and the grave? The answer is always yes, because Jesus did. So can you and I, which is all a portion of our delightful inheritance. The question is not will you overcome, it is when will you overcome. Life will always bring challenges, but God always gives us strength to overcome them. Put on the whole armor of God this year, my brothers and sisters, fighting the good fight of faith, refusing to be intimidated or manipulated by your circumstances or situations. Choosing to live from your delightful inheritance as an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ, discovered by the synergy of expectancy and faith, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Delightful carries the meaning of that which causes happiness, joy, and satisfaction. Synergy is two or more things working together in order to create something that is greater than the sum of their individual efforts. The two things that need to work together in their combined efforts and cooperative action in 2022 are you and your faith. Faith can change facts and faith can change that. Whatever your that may be, faith in God can change that. Faith can still change the doctor's report because his by his stripes, we are healed. Faith can heal a broken heart due to a broken relationship. Faith can change that. The uncertainty that has moved into your house about your future, faith can change that because God says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Former President Barack Obama once stated, change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. It was Albert Einstein that said the world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Psychologist William James stated, if you alter or change your thinking, thinking you will change your life. When I was growing up in the Detroit public school system back in the early 60s, I remember in elementary school, we would recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Although there are certainly issues that trouble us in our nation today and an ongoing investigation of the events surrounding and living with the reality of an insurrection on January 6th, of 2021 this year in our country, where American citizens that live among us 
violently assaulted our seat of democracy, which is really an assault and an attack on our Constitution and Declaration of Independence, where all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, is an inspired writing where men were inspired by God at the birth of this nation. And what you and I must understand when you attack the very foundation of our nation, it suggests that you don't really believe in the fact that all men are created equal, endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights that among these, that ain't all of them, but among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is all the more reason for us as God's people to believe in the synergy and expectancy of faith. Obeying the truth of Proverbs 21, 21 in the New International Version that declares he or she that pursues righteousness, being right with God, doing right by God. Where the Lord says to Micah in the sixth chapter and the eighth verse, he has shown thee, O man, what is good to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly before thy God. This is the right thing to do. To be right with God makes us right with him and we are to be right with others. He or she that pursues righteousness and love because God is love. The very nature of God is love. He that pursues the very character and nature of God's righteousness and love shall find life, the Zoe kind of life, the God kind of life, the prosperous life, where John said, Beloved, I wish above all things over your career, over your finances, over power and prestige. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, that you may be honored, not only honored when we get to heaven, but honored by men and women because they can see the righteousness and love of God in and upon our lives. That's the snapshot of a man or woman that is dwelling, abiding in the secret place of the Most High further contributing to the nature and purpose of our existence in the earth in accordance with Matthew chapter 5, to be salt and light in our communities, in our cities, in our counties, and our nation. The change that we desire in our communities, cities, counties, and country begins with us becoming the change that we seek by altering and changing the way that we think about ourselves that further enables us to love our neighbors even as we love ourselves, the Bible reminds us that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, pursuing righteousness and love, finding life, prosperity, and honor. Our declaration in this new year is that Jesus is Lord of our lives and he is Lord of America. So Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you unless, of course, you have failed the test with Christ in us, who is the hope of glory? You and I have got more power than the devil because God has given us power to overcome the serpent by overcome uh, all the means of the devils. We got of the devil. We got more power than the devil in this new year. With the synergy of expectancy and faith, we must never forget God's faithfulness through the ups and downs of the past. Believing on and standing on 1 Chronicles chapter 16, beginning at the 11th verse, where the Bible says, look to the Lord. My brothers and sisters, look to the Lord this year. Look to the Lord and his strength. 
Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. If you want to look at a wonder, all you got to do is look in the mirror. If you want to look at a wonder, all you got to do is open up the back door of your life and remember where the Lord has brought you from. In this new year, with the synergy of expectancy and faith, dwelling in the secret place, we stand on the truth of Deuteronomy 6 and 12 to make certain that we do not forget the Lord who rescued us from Egypt, where we were once slaves. Egypt represents for us the days of seeing what we once lived in and lived as. We were slaves of drugs, alcohol, fornication, adultery, lasciviousness, gossiping, and backbiting. But when Jesus came into our lives, old things passed away, and behold, all things became new. We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you and I live, but it's not it's the Christ that lives in us. It's not our old fleshly mind, our old fleshly man or woman. Those are, we are dead men and dead women walking because we're walking in the newness of life and the just shall live by faith and we walk by faith and not by sight. So God says, Moses, tell my people in Deuteronomy chapter six, tell my people to make certain that they do not forget where I, the Lord, have brought them from. Every now and then, it's a good thing to open up the back door of your life and see where the Lord has brought you from. When you do so, it will stir up the attitude of gratitude that abides within us because of what the Lord has done in your life, where he loosed the shackles, the shackles of sin and shame and saved us by his abundant grace. For we have been saved by grace. It is the gift of God, not of man, lest any one of us can boast based on his grace, which is the power and equipment for ministry. He has given us everything that we need to succeed in life and ministry, including giving to us the keys to the kingdom because we got the revelation as Peter did when Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed to you that I am the son of God, but my father, which is in heaven. So Peter, I'm giving to you the keys of the kingdom. And with that, I'm giving you the power to bind and to loose. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. My brothers and sisters, this year we've got to walk in the synergy and expectancy of faith in God's word. We've got the power to bind the strong man. We've got the power to bind pornography, to bind lasciviousness, to bind drunkenness, to bind poverty within our areas of influence. We've got the power to loose love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and meekness because we have in operation the synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling because we dwell in the secret place. This is the synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place in the new year where we do as the old hymn says, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, look at what the Lord has done. That old hymn is a wonderful reminder to give God our praise for the ways he has blessed us 
in the previous year and the ways that he's blessing us right now. The very next breath that you breathe is a blessing from God. The very next thought that you think is a blessing from God. Being able to lift up your hands is a blessing from God. Being able to get up and walk throughout your home is a blessing from God. To go into your cupboards and pull out some peanut butter and jelly, some cheese and crackers, that's a blessing from God. So often when we come to God with our requests, we spend little time thanking him for the things that he has already done and the blessings he has poured out over us without our even asking. Good God Almighty, he's a good God. As we give thanks to God, as we thank God for God's blessings in the past year, yesterday our and tomorrow, our faith is increased for new blessings in the coming year. With the synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place, we have a confident assurance that the same God that carried us through hard times in the past can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. The synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place under the canopy of his protection further empowers us to let go of the past. Paul says to the church at Philippi in the third chapter beginning at the 13th verse, Brothers and sisters, I do not count myself yet to have apprehended or taken hold of it. But this one thing I do, hallelujah, forgetting what is behind and pressing towards what is ahead. I press towards the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place consistently reminds us that our identity is in his divinity. I was going to the gym for a workout about a week or so ago, and as I was leaving the gym, I overheard two women speaking. One woman said to the other, I go to church, I go shopping, and I come to the gym. I don't have a life. By the very words that came out of her mouth, the synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place is obviously unknown to her. She has an identity crisis not knowing who she was born to be. Tragically, this woman is not the only one. Many do not realize who they are to be in Christ and who God is shaping and making them to be. But Peter says in 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Glory to God. Jesus declared to his disciples, and a disciple is one that has chosen to learn to be taught following the ways of their master. Jesus said to his disciples, the ones that chose to make him their master. In the New International Version of John 8 and 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Darkness always represents in the Bible adversity and hardship, troubling times. But Jesus says, whoever follows me will never have to walk in the darkness of adversity, hardship, troubles, heartbreak, and uh, trauma and drama, but will have the light of life. You can be in an auditorium in pitch blackness, but all you need is a small match to lead everybody out of the darkness. And you and I have been chosen by God to be the light of 
the world. And so therefore, my brothers and sisters, Jesus says in Matthew chapter five, I put you like a city on a hill. I'm not going to put you under bushel to be hid. I put you where I put you to let your light shine. We used to sing a song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. The light of Jesus' life on your life will dispel the darkness in your family member's life, in your co-worker's life, in your neighbor's life. When you're walking in the grocery store, the light of Jesus' life upon you will encourage that man that's standing in the in the produce aisle because there's a word of God that comes up out of the light of Jesus' life that's on your life because your tongue is as the pen of a ready writer where God, by the light of his life upon you, causes you to shine and dispel the darkness and troublesome aspects of your people's life, those that come into your life, because those that cross your path are not by accident, but by God's providence, because you are a city that sits on a hill, a light that God has chosen to dispel the darkness in this world. And so as we come to the close of today's podcast in the Amplified version of Ephesians 4 and 1, God says to us, reminds us in this new year through the Apostle Paul. So I, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you. That word appeal means beg. Paul says, I beg you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. In this new year, with the synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place, we are to have no confidence in the flesh, but all of our confidence is to be in God. We know that we must walk in this flesh, but not be ruled by our flesh. God's word is to be our master. And this alone will always set us free because Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. As his prisoners, as his servants in in accordance with Ephesians 4 and 1, Jesus says to us in John 14 and 27, my peace, you may be my prisoner, but I want you to know my peace. I'm leaving with you because you're my servant. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. Jesus is speaking of a peace that is spiritual in his nature and is not of this world. It is a peace that declares in accordance with Psalm 62 and 5. My soul waits, meditates on God only for my expectation. My expectancy is from him in this new year with the synergy of expectancy and faith dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. God says in the Amplified Version of Isaiah 26 and 3, I will keep him in perfect and constant peace, the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on God in both inclination and character, because that person trusts and takes refuge in the Lord with hope and confident expectation. In 2022, of the synergy of expectancy and faith, my heart and prayer for you is to dwell 
in the secret place.